Hey, hello and welcome everybody. This is Ben Chiriboga, the head of growth at Nexel, coming to you with our first revenue operations podcast. I am 100% over the moon excited to be speaking uh, with Dave Southern all around maximizing the effectiveness of client service teams to drive growth and why uh, why we need these client service teams today. So uh, Dave, why don't we kick it off? First of all, welcome. Awesome to have you. And uh, why don't we start with a little bit of your background and obviously, how are you? Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Uh, great. Thanks a lot. It's been, it's uh, terrific to, to be here talking to you today. Um, my background, basically over the past almost 20 years, I've had leadership roles in law firms, a uh, number of different firms, including Baker McKenzie, Baker Hostetler, and most recently at Chode Hall and Stewart. Um, the, the positions that I've, that I've had, I've also had experience working in professionals, other professional services firms also, including EY uh, for a time in, in different national uh, sales and marketing roles, and as well as having spent some time in the advertising business with DDB Worldwide Advertising, um, where I had responsibility for marketing such things as salad dressings and household cleaners and beer and uh, low-calorie sweeteners, et cetera, and so forth. Um, so anyway, that experience, all these experiences taken together have been really important to me in terms of coming to kind of what my core belief is, is that, that when, whatever work we're doing uh, in, uh, in business development and marketing for professional services and more specifically law firms, um, the more we can focus on understanding client needs and understanding them better than anybody else can, uh, if we can make progress there, we're going to be put it, putting ourselves in a much better position to win. And um, and so, again, that's just kind of a core belief of mine. It, it may not sound drastically different from others, but I think it's it's so important to keep that in mind and always remember that. So um, anyway. Yeah, awesome. So, um, so we're going to be diving into that today with really the idea of client teams and client service teams uh, specifically. Why don't we uh, maybe start with some definitions first and maybe we can talk a little bit about what we mean when we talk about client teams uh, specifically. Right, well, I mean, the way I look at it is essentially, uh, it's a situation where you're bringing together all of those people within an, an organization who can, um, who can help to advance a relationship with a client, who can help to, to uh, build the client's business, um, uh, really with the, the idea of having those client needs, mm. the client's needs in mind and bringing all the various perspectives that can exist in order to be able to try to, to, uh, to, to focus them all in on one point, which is obviously a key factor when you're talking about revenue operations. So, mm. yeah, great. I, um, client service teams is, is, is not necessarily a new term, but I think where, uh, we, where it's landed today is in 2022 client service teams really are taking, um, a, a step to the front or a forefront. Um, do you want to, before we get into how client service teams and revenue operations, uh, sort of, come together. Do you want to talk a little bit about what do you think is going on in 2022 with the need for client teams and client service teams? Where, where is this coming from today? Well, I, I think where it's coming from is it's coming from a, a need to uh, better collaborate, frankly, yeah. um, to find ways to bring together the various uh, parts of the firm, including even various practice groups with, within the attorney uh, groups in order to uh, ensure that, that um, any opportunities that there are for growing that relationship beyond the place where it is to begin with is taken advantage of. I mean, I've 
I've seen experiences, it, it, as you mentioned, Ben, it's not mm -hmm. new necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, and like so many things in the law firm space, it all comes down at the end of the day to execution. If you can yeah. execute it, um, you're going to be in a lot better position than, you know, than just simply putting a, a program in place and then just sort of setting it on the shelf, if you will, which mm -hmm. unfortunately happens all too often. But um, but I've seen uh, in cases where we've put together client teams and where we're, we're helping to stimulate the effective uh, operation of these teams, we've routinely stimulated at least 50% growth in, in a, within a year's time in terms of, of getting more and more profitable revenues. And in some cases, I've seen them grow it at something like 10x, you know, mm. um, and, and that's not just my experience. You don't have to take my word for it. Heidi mm. Gardner had done a, a, a number of, of uh, quantitative studies uh, a number of years ago, published a lot of this in a book, her great book, uh, Smart Collaboration. Um, and one of the things that she talked about is that, that, that she routinely saw situations where if someone was taking a practice or a client relationship from one practice group serving it to two practice groups serving it, routinely they would see a tripling of the revenues uh, right. in kind of a scenario. And then again, oftentimes when you get to like four or five practices, and I understand that's a tall order in many cases, mm. but if you're getting to that, you're seeing something like 10X or more um, uh, improvement in terms of, of the revenue that you're coming. And then one final point that she made that's a real benefit, I think, particularly in, in um, the amount of attention that's paid to the concept of innovation today right. within law firms, is that collaboration is actually one of those very important aspects that helps to drive innovation. And by having people from different backgrounds, different experiences, different insights that are coming together to help solve a, pro a client's problem, you're going you're gonna to put yourself in a much better spot to be able to create some, some innovation that's really impactful and meaningful. Yeah, yeah. I love how you talked about it from the capacity of uh, innovation, but also uh, revenue. And the two uh, can really sort of coexist. And in, in the best cases, they, they sort of feed off one another um, in that way. OK, so um, I want I want to double click on one specific thing you said, uh, because there, there was a there was a lot in there. Um, <laughs> specifically, <laughs> all good, specifically around around growth and specifically around client client growth and account growth can can we unpack that a little bit i mean because we we've all heard ideas around cross-serving uh cross-selling of course expanding accounts uh can you just um can you just maybe give a little bit more of an antidote some more flavors around what does it mean to grow a client really uh, on a on a on a on a definitional sort of baseline layer what are we really looking to do yeah, I, I think, well, I think I'd, I'd borrow a term that's been popular for a number of years, stickiness. I mean, I yes, think right. the relationships, obviously, we're in a relationship business. Um, now, traditionally, there has maybe been one very strong relationship at the firm, mm. and there have sometimes been uh, sort of uh, motivations for, for someone who's in that position with a strong relationship with a client to actually kind of function as a gatekeeper. And mm. and. and it's not because of their coming from a from a, a a nefarious position or anything like that. It's more right. that they want to make sure that that they can can uh, deliver only the highest quality to their clients. So if they have any concerns about about quality and so forth, or uh, uh, or introducing somebody who's maybe not going to be as diligent as they think is important for the client, that's been a kind of an issue or a problem. 
What we're finding more and more though, is that clients value relationships that feel like an extension of their team. Yes. Most highly. So, so to the extent that you can, can build relationships in a kind of a zippered way um, mm -hmm. where you've got relationships at each level of the client, you're going to be in a much stronger position and being able to do that across different, uh, across a number of practice groups is going to only enhance and increase that stickiness. Um, yeah. I guess it's sort of like a, a Velcro uh, connection. The more loops you got, the better off you're going to be in terms of holding on to that and, and strengthening that bond. Uh, yeah. And so I think that is probably one of the most important factors driving uh, the growth of client teams and the, and the attention being paid to that uh, these days. Yeah, I love that. And just to connect that with what you had said previously, really, if we could use this language, the increase of stickiness upstream is really downstream going to lead to real revenue. And, and this has been proven in a quantitative way, uh, effectively by Heidi Gardner. So to yeah. over oversimplify, it's like the investment in client service teams for the purpose of increasing stickiness uh, will basically drive will basically drive an expansion of the account of the account, which will basically lead to bottom line revenue, right? So uh, one dollar in, uh, three dollars out. If we could actually use almost uh, almost um, uh, Heidi's fantastic work, right, which showed this. Ben, it sounds like I should have just left the <laughs> to talk about it because you're right. That's exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, Okay, so let's. Um, that sounds fantastic. You know, sign me up if I'm a uh, if I'm a managing partner here, um, or or leadership at the firm. Let's uh, let's go into. I'm, I'm bought in on theory. I'm bought in on the philosophy, and those those numbers sound fantastic, right? Um, yes. Let's get into let's get into setting this up. What does this look like from a from a client uh, uh, from from a team setup and sort of the key roles specifically? Is there is there a hierarchy that's working today that looks for a you know a key players? Well, I, I think that there are a number of key roles that have to be represented uh, on a client team, and and. One thing I think is important to note is it, it's not that, that each one of these roles must be played by an individual or a different mm. individual or team of individuals and so forth. So, um, but, but I think it is important to make sure that as you're building a team that all of these roles are actually reflected in, in the folks that you've brought together for this, right? Right, so, right. So first, of course, there needs to be the, the principal relationship. Uh, typically, it's a relation, within a law firm, it's a relationship partner. Um, yeah. Perhaps that person has been des designated as such. Perhaps that person uh, receives much of the credit, um, whether it be origination or management credit that there is in the whole mm -hmm. uh, uh, compensation system and so forth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that that person who at the end of the day kind of is is one that you would turn to as the owner. Yes. Uh, and I think it's so important more from the standpoint of ultimate accountability to make that call and understand who that person is um, so that you've got that that person uh, functioning there. It, going on from there, and of course, yep. this person could be representing this next group as well, or at least sure, part sure. of this next group, but you need those folks who are currently doing work for the, for the client. Um, those people who are, who are close to the client on a day-to-day -day basis or week-to-week -week basis, uh, who have an understanding of, back to that old concept of client needs, what is it the client really needs in the context of what's going on today uh, is really important. In addition, Based on insights from those folks, um, uh, having a, a sense of, of what um, sort of needs are likely to evolve or what sort of knock-on issues there are related to the things that the firm is dealing with 
um, you want to identify functional experts in those areas, those potential future areas of, of need, uh, and, and have them represented on the team as well. Um, and then uh, in addition to that, it's important, I think, that there be somebody who's focused on the process, right? On, on legal process, uh, the delivery of service, um, the quality of service and so forth. Sometimes these are practice management people. Sometimes they're identified as legal process uh, uh, leaders. Um, and sometimes they're not identified specifically, but I think it's so important to make sure that that those particular people are actually represented in that. And then finally, uh, you want that, that, that group who is focused principally on growth, principally on the, uh, the increase of, of uh, revenues and the increase of profitable revenues um, with that relationship, because it's so important that, that we're bringing together both the client service and client service delivery folks, right. as well as those with a clear growth orientation, because because unless you're pulling that all together, you're not actually um, going to be able to maximize the whole situation. And one yeah. thing I remember, Ben, as we were talking earlier about the whole, the whole process lead, you had some interesting conversations recently that I think kind of illustrate the importance of, uh -huh. of that. So I don't uh -huh. know if you want to share that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, um, um, you know, recently I was, uh, I was taking part uh, uh, I, I was part of a panel um, uh, during uh, at Lasso, which is the legal sales and service organization. Um, and I thought what uh, uh, it, it was it was a general counsel panel and uh, and a chief legal officer panel. Um, and the, and the point of the panel was really just to uh, survey what is what is the what is the overall sense and the uh, the feel of how uh, general counsels want to be interacted with uh, from a service service experience, if we could if we could use that word. Um, yeah. Inevitably, the idea of client service teams came up in this. And um, basically, the answer was, uh, at the end of the day, uh, client service teams really provide for a more uh, consummate experience uh, for the uh, for the business, uh, exactly pointing to to, to your point. Um, there is a role, for example, and if I could speak in specifics, uh, basically what came out is there is a role for day-to-day -day matter management, uh, and that has to live with, with the lawyer and the deliverability. But outside of that, the clients are basically of have a have a have a separate experience, which is really the growth uh, and um, really the management of the, of the of of their relationship on a day to day basis. And there, uh, they were really looking for other business professionals. And to speak very specifically, one general counsel who um, was really the, uh, the 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 shaker uh, of of the panel uh, really said, yeah. um, outside of dealing uh, with the lawyers on my matter matter, the business people get help me get stuff done basically. Um, and so that was very straightforward, of course, and only one person's opinion, but it basically showed you that uh, clients are really thinking about things in two in two separate ways, right? There is there is the delivery, there is the relationship, and then there is the sort of growth and the 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 overall play of the businesses basically together. So hopefully that was illustrative, but I think it charts to what you're sort of saying in, in so many words. Yeah, totally, I agree. Yeah, so let's um, so that's really good, and um, and now I want to kind of and you really. It's it's important, and I just want to I just want to double click on it, uh, which is you know somebody hearing this might seem like that's a lot of people to hire, right? And it's yes, that is true, but it's 
but that's not really the point I think you're driving at. I think the bigger point that you're driving at is that these roles need to be fulfilled in some capacity because they all they all uh, play. Assuming that you have a superstar that can really be of three different minds at the same time, that that that's possible, of course. Yeah. But what we're saying is people can fulfill these roles from other sort of capabilities should they have those skill sets, right? That's kind of your your subtle that, point. No, that, that's completely right. And, right. And, and so I didn't mean to imply that uh, one yeah. must and hire 18 people to yes, build right, 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 right. You know, the interesting thing is, so so all these various functions, including the person leading the overall relationship development, the overall process for delivery, as as apart from the person who's delivering the day-to-day -day work in, in, in matter management and so forth, uh, and also the person who's ensuring that there's opportunities regularly to get right. client feedback and so forth. Right. If right. you think about all those kinds of roles, those are basically roles that are played by those natural rainmakers that we all love. Yes, right, exactly, right. So, so there's again nothing revolutionary here. It is critical mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. have those responsibilities, those roles represented, but they need not be uh, all different people. So. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, so let's uh, let's. I want to be mindful of our time, and uh, let's let's collapse uh, maybe. Um, let's maybe collapse uh, or, or go into into the next two questions, which is, okay, so to operationalize this, what is what is needed? Let's say on the information base, what is needed from these client service teams um, to to do this type of work? And then, you know, what's some leading indicators of sort of success? What what kind of what kind of output should be coming into the to this input? So, you know, we have the team, we we we're going to empower them with with uh, and enable them with some information which you're going to which you're going to get to. Um what's what's the first signs here of the output that we that we should be looking at? And yeah, and, well, and go uh, ahead. Sure, great. Um so I mean, I think that you know, at the end of the day, the thing that you're looking for is probably going to come largely from your your accounting uh, records and so forth. But uh -huh, uh -huh. Is, those are going to be lagging indicators, right? Yes, those right. Tell you what what you did accomplish, and so uh -huh, uh -huh. It's, it's really important from a measurement perspective. Yes. And it's, it's obviously the first place people turn because uh -huh, it tells uh -huh. you it it gives you a baseline for understanding where has the relationship been, how many practices have we been serving them in, have have uh, have our our um, uh, our, our hours in transactional areas, have they been growing? Have they been declining? What's all that? And so that gives you, it gives you a basis for asking the right kind of questions among the team members yep. to figure out where does everything stand. But I think very importantly, you, you've got to get a handle on relationship strength. And again, relationship strength across the entire relationship at each level. And, um, Oftentimes, if you don't have reliable uh, sources of that single, you know, uh, source of truth, uh, that becomes pretty much anecdotal conversations, and and so it it, it can very quickly turn into something right. that's rather hard to understand. And so, my sense is that as we see technology improving, as we see platforms better able to mm -hmm. share with us relationship strength information, that to me is, again. A great measure of where you mm. have come, but it also is a great starting point. It's something that helps you to understand where you need to go and how mm. you need to, to build something. So yeah. that's one piece. Recent communications and clients' engagement in those communications, whether they're client alerts or thought uh, piece, thought leadership pieces, yep. podcasts, other sorts of things. It's so important to understand what has been the engagement level beyond what 
individuals who talk to the clients regularly uh, can share to get that sense of, of, of their engagement with the full range of, of communications. Also then understanding what are the planned communications that we have coming in terms of new campaigns and so yes. forth. And so, so knowing fully what, where that comes from too and, and where that's going is, is I think really important too. Yeah. Other, other things that, that are really important include um, news and perspectives from the client that can be mm-hmm. gathered mm-hmm. from their, if it's a public company, from their 10Ks or 10Qs and so forth. Um, also any, you know, things that are appearing in the news and so forth. So that, and these are sorts of things that, that I, I find uh, oftentimes are being pulled together. What, what oftentimes is not happening though, is that there's not enough synthesis of it and there's not enough uh, uh, thinking through, well, what does that potentially mean for us? What does it mean yeah. for the relationship and so forth? So right. to the extent that you can strengthen the ability to, to, uh, to synthesize that information and make it mean something, providing insight rather than just data, um, that's so important. And then also client feedback, making mm-hmm. sure that you've got um, whatever kind of feedback you can get, whether it be in the, in the form of a regular satisfaction, uh, client satisfaction conversations or surveys, mm-hmm. uh, but importantly, the kinds of planning meetings that are regularly or should regularly be happening with the client um, and getting the insights and the inputs from that, that's so important too. And then one final thing, which which grew out of a, of a study, frankly, that BTI did in, uh, several years ago. Okay. And, and they concluded that if you look at larger clients, um, there could be anywhere from 30 to 100 or more law firms that actually serve these clients. However, invariably, there's one law firm that's pulling three quarters of the of the spend, and then maybe another two that are that are competing for another 10 to 15 percent of the spend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which means that there are you know tens to hundreds of firms that are fighting it out over mm. the remaining. Five to ten percent of of uh, of a client's legal spend. Yes, which doesn't sound like a great place to be. And so, sure. from that sure. standpoint, if if you can get a measure, a realistic measure of what your share of spend with a client mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. that helps to 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 uh, shine the light on where are you overall. I mean, you know, understanding the the individual relationship, client strength is really important. But at the end of the day, to get that more macro measure of where do we stand as an institution with this client is so important. Now, it's not the easiest thing in the world to get, but, right. but that sort of insight and that sort of information, I think, is really important, too. Yeah, yeah. I um, It's fantastic. I mean, if uh, if you're listening to this, go back. There were so many nuggets of wisdom and what and uh, what Dave just said. He really sort of laid out some very crucial uh information pieces that sort of come together uh, to give a, well, a macro view of, of, of what is the status of the client and then next steps for kind of the client service team in, yeah. in this way, right? Because if it's, if it's a expand client, you know, if it's, a, if it's a, we have a lot of green space here, a lot of blue ocean in terms of, in terms of wallet share for the client, that's going that's going to drive a little bit of a different uh, a, a different strategy if it's a matter of well we have a lot of mar- we have a lot of wallet share let's make sure that we keep that by really engaging and uh, and keeping up with that client that's that's something else a little bit um, and then at the end of the day well this is a tough decision but like well maybe maybe there's nowhere for us to go right and maybe maybe the client service team can reassess in terms of how much effort is going into the client even right, uh, right. that's those these are 
are all very interesting questions effectively and you need all of that those pieces yeah i want to i want yeah i want to go to just two more questions uh and then we're going to go ahead and wrap up which is where does the where does the int you know i i think the the the, the question is really how is the client uh, getting engaged? And what happens when the clients get engaged with uh, the client team process in general? So maybe you can sort of, and I think you sort of touched on it a little bit. There's the voice of the client part of it. There's the right. feedback part of it, right? But this is important, but this is the real interfacing uh, yeah. as part of this, right? Yeah, and to respond to that, I guess I'd, I'd recall that, that one observation that I made that the clients value most highly those relationships that appear mm -hmm. to be an extension of their own of their own team, yeah. uh, and so so the the experiences that I've had in terms of of uh, uh, leading client teams programs, the the most successful clients that we've had are those ones that have gotten to a point where, a couple of times a year they'll actually have planning sessions. I mean they'll get together at least once a month to talk mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. you know what's been happening, what's what are we expecting in the future, what kind of you know, changes have maybe taken place in terms of staffing at the client organization and so forth, all the various keeping up with those kinds of things. But twice a year, they were able to actually get together with the client, the client committing to come together for a day, spend time in a conference room with white, you know, whiteboards and all that mm -hmm, kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And literally talk about, well, where do we stand? What are the things that we're focused on most? What do we anticipate coming for the next six months? Having those kinds of conversations and if you've got that kind of relationship where they consider you to be an extension of their own team, those are very natural conversations. And, and clients, in fact, really welcome the opportunity to do that and to right. have those kind of conversations. And so I guess more than anything else, to, to, to seek ways to, to demonstrate your, your own firm's interest in having that mm -hmm. kind of relationship, your own firm's interest in, in, and commitment to investing in that kind of relationship i think is so important and boy it pays dividends very quickly so. yeah yeah which gets back of course to your core philosophy around client needs right that that yes. at the end of the day client needs really is driving and you're so passionate about client teams uh because client teams are a way to find client needs uh i don't that sort of rhymes that even sounds good you know which which at Let's the end of the day yeah. yes exactly client teams drive client needs uh understand client needs i very like that uh which of course then uh that investment pays dividends uh you know pointing to harding heidi gardner the collaboration work basically all, all the way all the way down to revenue and this yeah. is how we this is how we put it together with revenue operations being a lead client teams being a lead component of that sort of revenue operations okay so let's uh we're all the way down uh this sounds like a lot, you know, in some in some capacity, Dave, and it's a lot of it's a lot of moving parts. Um, and I want to invoke something that you had said previously, which is um, uh, execution is everything, basically, right? At the end of the day, and we've have found, and I think uh, you know, pick pick any management consultant or Harvard Business Review article, which is when people are misaligned, execution does not happen, basically. So you want to talk a little bit about how client teams get aligned and what are kind of like the, um, uh, what are the, D, what, 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 what needs to happen to get everybody sort of on the same page, right? Well, so I, um, I, I guess what I would say is, is um, I'm going to be sounding like a broken record here because what, what really um, drives the alignment um, more than anything else is, is that shared understanding of where the client is and where the client wants to be. Because by, by 
being able to incorporate whatever kind of feedback information you've got, whatever mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you have in terms of relationship strength. Um, and then importantly, an understanding of the engagement level of the client currently to, to understand where that is and, and understand what areas in which the, the engagement is greater. If you're able to then orient people toward that and to, and to, to pull them together to think about that, you're, you're gonna be in a much better position. I mean, one thing I've observed again and again and again in my, in my career is that when you're talking with lawyers, um, if you're talking at a conceptual level, there's a mm -hmm. certain level of interest because these are intellectual. Of course. love to think about these things and all that. But when you're able to talk to them about what a client needs mm -hmm. or what they did mm -hmm. for a client, now you're talking because yeah, they right. really, they get engaged and, and more passionate about it and, and all. Yeah. And you have just a far more productive kind of conversation if you're able to be talking on that level. And so- yep. That again, to me, just all kind of comes back to that, to that where where you ultimately can turn practice management concepts into growth opportunities mm, if, right. if you're if you're focusing on the client experience and on yep. on the client's um, perspective on that experience. So yeah, yeah. No, I see it. It's uh, it's the entire structure is there. You know, you really painted it, and I would say the golden thread. I don't even know if I'm using that correct, but I think so. The golden thread through that is really sort of the client need, right? That sort of uh, pervades through through all of this in a way. Sure. All right. Well, I think we've come to the end uh, of our time together. Any final words that you want to that you want to pierce all of this to pull all of this together, uh, package it together? You know, invoking your uh, invoking your uh, consumer goods, packaging it all together, uh, putting putting a nice bow on this. Yeah, you know, I, I, I hope that what I've been doing is I, I hope that I told you what I was going to tell you and then I told you and then you very nicely wrapped up right. what I just told them. And, and, mm. and so I, again, it's, um, you know, that that client experience focus, that client feedback focus is so critical so that yeah. you can make sure that you're dealing with the very the, the very most important client needs as you're doing uh, all the work that you're doing with a client. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, you heard it here first. Client teams understand client needs, right? So we're, I think we're going to package uh, package that up and sell that. I, I, I like that as a, uh, I like that as a t-shirt. I'll, I'll be the first one to get it. That sounds great. Okay. Yeah. Well, everybody, uh, we've come uh, to the end here. Thank you so much to Dave Southern for being on the Revenue Operators Show today. We talked about maximizing the effectiveness of client teams. Dave talked a lot about understanding the structure of client teams, how they're really important for uh, actually driving collaboration, inevitably downstream uh, growth, uh, and how the idea of alignment and aligning around client needs is so, so, so important, and some of the players and roles that you really need. Uh, thanks so much, Dave, for being on the Revenue Operator Show, and thanks everybody else for listening. We'll be back soon with Dave for a episode two, uh, where we're going to dive into a couple more concepts all around this alignment, but uh, thanks so much. And Dave, any parting words? No, Ben, thank you. Great pleasure. I, I love talking about this stuff. And uh, it, it's awesome to talk to, to somebody who understands this, too. So yeah. this is great. Thank you. Thank you. Well, the pleasure is on my side. Side. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you soon.